Virtue. What comes to mind when you hear that word? One of my favorite definitions for virtue is a beneficial quality or power of a thing. We are all filled with our own virtues, personal strengths and power within us that are gifts given to us by God. The real magic happens when we recognize our virtues and become guardians of these virtues, using them for the good of others. Join me, your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, as I talk to amazing guardians of virtue who all have one thing in common, a desire to use their gifts for good. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you are emboldened with your own virtues. Let us all strive to be guardians of virtue. Can you believe that we are already at episode 20 to commemorate this episode? Because I think that 20 episodes is kind of a big deal. I have someone very special to me as my guest, my cousin Christy Tome. I love her so much, and I think her story needs to be shared with more people. To me, and likely everyone she knows, Christy is a guardian of perseverance. Christy is a wife and a mom of five that lives in Flagstaff, Arizona. Christy is one of the most optimistic people I've ever known, which is pretty incredible considering the fact that at age 17, she got in a big accident that completely changed the trajectory of her life. And it still affects her today more than 20 years later. Regardless of the health challenges that have come her way and literally brought her to, the, to death's door, she continues on in her faith and in her life. And that is why I think she is a guardian of perseverance. Without further ado, here is my interview with my awesome cousin, Christy Tome. Thank you for joining me today. Of course. Thank you. Um, So let's start off by asking, I guess, an obvious question. What do you think it means to be a guardian of perseverance? Okay. So I was super um, humbled by you even asking me of this. Um, That was was really sweet of you to consider me that. Um, I guess for me, I think it's that basically I just keep going. And trying to do as much as I can, no matter what physical um, or other challenges get in my way. Just keep going. (laughs) Just keep having faith and trying to do the best can. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And you definitely have done that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, So (laughs) one of the reasons why I chose you or why I think you are a guardian of perseverance is because you literally, quite literally have gone through several health challenges that that one person that most people wouldn't see in their entire lifetime to like put them all together (laughs) for one person to experience but you have (laughs) and so um if you're comfortable with sharing them with us I'd love you to talk about your your various health challenges you've experienced over the years and um and with each of them, what was the most challenging thing that you experienced because of that trial? And um, 
also how did you lean on Jesus Christ during during that time? Okay, so there's a lot. I just want to preface it with that. That's <laughs> and be pretty brief with everything, but there's still a lot. Yeah. So I guess I'll start with when I was 17, I was in a car accident that was pretty major. And um, so they airlifted me from my hospital here in Flagstaff, Arizona, to Phoenix. Um, and basically what was going on, I had um, 10 or 12 broken ribs, two collapsed lungs, lacerated liver, kidney, spleen, bruised heart, uh, messed up knees, crushed ankle, broken clavicle, but also my carotid arteries were torn and the one on the right side closed off completely causing a massive stroke, which left my left side paralyzed and the left side closed off partially causing a minor stroke, which caused some like cognitive and um, weakness and things like that. Um, so I was supposed to die. They told my parents I wasn't going to make it through the night, think about organ donation, that kind of stuff. And then I kept making it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I kept surviving the nights and the days. And so eventually they're like, okay, I guess she's going to make it. So they did surgery on my ankle and my clavicle and things like that. Um, and um, basically I was supposed to never walk again. I was supposed to never have children um that I was I was in the room when the doctor I don't think he could hear me said that my life would I would be so mentally and physically handicapped that my life wouldn't even be worth living so um that didn't quite pan out (laughs) (laughs) great life so yeah uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that was the first thing and that kind of um goes into a lot of other things of course because I mean since the day that I chose to live, then I have been in pain ever since. And I knew that I knew that that would be the case, but it just, you know, it doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> yeah. So wait, when you say choose, you chose to live, like you physically decided that, I mean, mentally, okay, I'm going to fight this. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few things that happened when I was, um, so one, um, yeah, when I very first was in the hospital, I was like, okay, well, this is what's going on with me. I may be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. I may be this and maybe that, but I can choose if I'm going to be happy and a good example or bitter and, you know, grumpy and nobody will want to be around me. So I chose yeah. to be joyful and all of the nurses were always commenting on it. They just thought it was hilarious that I was just like so happy and upbeat when I was, you know near death. And I just was like, well, there's no point being grumpy about it because it just is what it is. And, um, but yeah, there was a night where I, um, basically I was dying and I, um, was given the choice. And so I, I just said a prayer and I was like, okay, I, I want to stay, but, um, I want to be an example and I want to use my, story and what I'm going through to be an example to people that miracles happen and that having faith in Christ can bring those miracles to pass, you know, no matter what happened in my life, because I knew that just being alive was going to be a miracle. So, wow. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't realize to what extent you, uh, you, you know, I, I don't remember a lot from that time. I just remember that you had gotten, you know, when I, I was younger and I just remember that he had gotten a crash and it was bad, but I didn't ever really know to what extent it (laughs) all was. And it, uh, yeah, I'm impressed 
that you chose like you chose to stay because I imagine that it might have been a little tempting in some ways to not. Absolutely. I mean, um, when you know that no matter what, you're going to have physical challenges for the rest of your life. That was something I was given to know that, you know, there are miracles that were happening, but it didn't mean I was going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, have constant pain for the rest of my life. I was given to know that. And um, I, I still chose to stay because it was worth it to me to, um, you know, all of the beautiful things that life has to offer was still worth it. So, yeah. So you walk, (laughs) which is pretty awesome. Like you said that they (laughs) thought you were going to walk. Um, The only really limitation I've ever noticed is, is your hand mobility. Mm -hmm. And even that has improved a little bit over the years. Right. And so, yeah. And my left leg, I will say, so my whole left side is not great. I can't use my left arm, really my hand at all. And my left leg, I just kind of swing it. (laughs) (laughs) I trip a lot and and it is what it is, but (laughs) yeah. So. (laughs) Mm. So that, so in that challenge, um, what was the most challenging part of working to get to, uh, like you went through a lot of therapy, obviously a lot of therapy at first, you were in a wheelchair for a long, for a while, I don't remember how long, like there were a lot of challenges that came right at the beginning of that trial. So um, what, how did you lean on, lean on Jesus Christ during those times? Because at least from, for me, when I have a challenge, even when I have a even when I have a witness or like the Holy Ghost, you know, help me understand that, that it's something I need to go through or, or how to, how that I'm going to come out. Okay. Um, there can be times where I can doubt that or forget for a minute or do things like that. So, um, so like, what did you do to bring yourself? I did. I imagine that you experienced days like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no way not to, right? Like you're always yeah. going to have of really hard and down, you know, thoughts and things like that. Um, For one thing, that's human. And for another thing, you know, the adversary wants to drag us down with those thoughts. I feel like those come, that's normal. And what we do with them is, you know, the real test, I think. And try to, you know, just really, when those things come to just filter it through the fact that I want to be here. I I do. And if, um, if I want that, then I need to do the best that I can to make it a joyful experience for myself and for those around me and not be miserable and grumpy about all of the hard things all of the time. But I would say, um, basically, um, just breathing through it, being grateful for the things that you do have, focusing on those and not, um, focusing on the hard things, because the more you focus on the hard things, the harder they get. And Um, yeah, just, I don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say for, for me, when I was in, um, that trial, I recognized that I needed the spirit and Christ with me to heal. I like craved anything with the spirit. I wanted like hems being played. Um, grandma came and like peeled me peaches and read scriptures to me mm-hmm. and like, it just, it was things like that, that were fortifying to me and so important um if if there was like contention or anger in the room I had throughout my stay I was in the ICU for a really long time at that time I was the longest 
um, stay ever in Mm -hmm. that. Um, I had three roommates who passed while I was there and it was really hard because the, obviously the passing was hard, but the anger that happened, um, from the family members and things like that was really, really hard for me to deal with. And interesting to me, those, um, just those feelings. If I, if I felt those things, I could feel my body not doing what it needed to do. Does that make sense? (laughs) And so really, really hard now to surround myself with joy and light and things that bring the spirit, because if I don't, then I can feel my body like not doing as well as it could. (laughs) Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, It's crazy how much our spirit and our bodies are connected. I think they're more connected than a lot of us realize. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want me to talk about some more of the other things or do you want me? (laughs) Yeah, let's keep going. Okay. All right. So I had a really hard time getting babies here and um, I just kind of had to pull them hard out of heaven. Um, Mm -hmm. I get really, which is, you know, not super abnormal, but I did spend a lot of time in the hospital with most of them and um, getting IVs and stuff like that. Um, But also I lost a lot of babies, um, 14 altogether. So In 10 years, I had 19 pregnancies and they ranged from, you know, really, really early in the pregnancy to like 14, 15 weeks of when I would lose them. And it was really hard. It was really, really hard. Um, But I always felt the pull that there was still little ones that needed to come to our family. And when I got pregnant with my last, it was kind of a surprise because I was going to get my tubes tied because my body just could not do it anymore. And then we found out I was pregnant. So <laughs> like, okay, well, we're going to do this last one. But the doc- it was one of those things where the doctor was like, you need to focus on being here to raise the children that you do have, because there's no guarantee that you would make it through anymore. And so, so then we were done. <laughs> yeah. So that was hard. But um, again, it just... Um, I think the thing that kept me going was just the knowledge that there's reason I'm here and there's some little spirits that wanted to come here into our family, you know, and (laughs) I was the only one that could bring them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how did you stay optimistic during that time? Cause you, I, I have noticed that you're a very optimistic person. And so, um, yeah. How did you, how did you do that? (laughs) So that's like. Like I've heard it's, I surprised, like I've never experienced pregnancy loss, so I don't understand what that would, is like besides imagining what it would possibly feel like mentally to, to have to give a child up like that. But, um, I can imagine it takes a toll on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was those really, really hard years. And, um, I don't, I don't actually know other than the fact that I leaned on Christ and just had faith that there was reasons for this. And especially with one of the ones that I lost, um, that I was farther along with, um, and that one was really, really hard. Like we had her name picked out and we were, you know, so excited, um, between my, um, son, who is my second child and my third child, um, I lost six in a row. And, um, three of those were farther along and, um, and I, at one point I just was, I was ready to just give up. I was like, you know, we have these two beautiful children. I keep feeling this pull that there's more, but I just don't know if I can do it. 
And then I was in the temple and um, very clearly was told, um, there's another child for you and her name is going to be Hannah. Mm. And I was like, okay, I guess we'll keep going. But it was still two more years after that before I got pregnant. And then I was terrified the whole time because, you know, (laughs) after losses. And then when she was born, the quarters wrapped around her neck three times and they were super worried. Um, She was like purple. And um, anyway, but it was all fine. It all ended up okay. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) and then I ended up with two more after that. In fact, my next one is only 16 months younger than that one. So she came fast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I'm not waiting any longer. (laughs) Funnily enough, I actually lost two between those two like that. We just were at that point where we were like, we're just going to let them come because I don't want to prevent anything because I, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's too risky. So that was hard, but anyway, (laughs) I don't know. Mm. Um, so after my last one was born, I had a stretch of like six years where it was just like crazy thing after crazy thing to the point where people were like, is this like real life? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're like, I know that you're not lying to me because I see this, I've watched your life and it's really happening, but how could this be real life? Um, so right after my youngest was born, I got strep and mono and then I got strep 10 more times in nine months. So they took out my, um, tonsils and adenoids which isn't fun, but I also can't do pain meds. And so I just had like ibuprofen. And so that was, I don't know if you know this, but the older you are getting your tonsils and adenoids out, the more painful it is. And I also, my tonsils had um, abscessed back into my throat. So I had part of my throat removed as well. So that wasn't fun. And um, after that, I had Botox injections put in my left arm and leg to help with the pain. So when you have um, the spasticity and pain or the spasticity and rigidity of, um, of stroke arms, basically, it just, it's like, it's always flexed and it gets really painful. And so that was supposed to help relax it. Well, I had a really bad allergic reaction to that. And so then I was like covered in rashes and boils and like head to toe, I couldn't be in the sun at all. I was told by a few different doctors, I would never be able to be in the sun again. Um, so that was really frustrating and hard. It was about a year of healing from that. Um, but luckily I did heal from that because that was not fun. And at that point, everybody started calling me Joe and I was like, stop. Because <laughs> I still have family and I do not want to tempt fate. Like no. there's not no. anything. Oh, I'm good. I can handle this. But um, so that's that was that. That was hard. And then actually later that I think it was that year, maybe it was the next year, I had to have an emergency um taking out my gallbladder. And so I had this terrible pain in my side from the time I was pregnant with my third. And then this was after my last. And so that was like six years later, seven years of this horrible pain. And I just assumed it was from lifting up babies with one arm. But it yeah. turns out gallbladder was septic. And so it was leaching out all kinds of nasty grossness. And so that was actually fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt pretty quick from that. And that was great. But then mm-hmm. as I was healing from that, my daughter dropped a heavy leaded crystal frame on my head. And I ended up with seven staples in my head. And they, it compressed a nerve on the top of my head. 
um, which gave me a really bad concussion. And because I already have had traumatic brain injuries, every TBI you have makes things worse. And so that took about a year to get over. But like at first I couldn't form sentences. I was sitting completely still and everything is shaking. And I, so I just couldn't drive for months and (laughs) it was kind of a pain, but um, anyway, and then that, I think it was as I was kind of coming out of that, finally, it wasn't a full year later though. um, I was picking up my daughter at church and she kind of went weird and it ended up tearing up my um, shoulder And so I had no arms basically for like six months altogether. I ended up having surgery on it and they said, oh, it's going to be like four more months, but I was fine after only a few weeks. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I broke my hip coming out of church. I don't mean, maybe I should stop going to church, (laughs) (laughs) but I, um, I tripped on the rug and I, that's doors and I grabbed onto the railing and it like flipped me around and mm. hit my um, hip and then like my leg came completely out of the joint so it was like turned around like almost backwards not all the way but like it was really gross oh my gosh <laughs> that was kind of a pain and then yeah. um after my fourth also you know a lot about this yourself but I found out I was allergic to like basically all food <laughs> Like yeah. anything with, I was just allergic to, and I had to completely revamp that, which is a pain, but it's not like horrible. It's not like the worst thing ever. It feels but, at the beginning with that, at least from my perspective, it feels like it's the end of the world. <laughs> it really does. Well, and for me, it's so much of like, how am I going to make all of these things for my family to have these traditions that I want to have? Because so much of like tradition is tied up in food. <laughs> it just yeah. is. You know, making cinnamon rolls at general conference or Christmas or, you know, just all of the different foods. My mom's coconut bread or orange rolls or those kind of things. You're used to all of these things that you're so excited to share with your children. And it makes it really hard when you can't have it too. So (laughs) so that's always (laughs) basically just, again, super quick. I have costochondritis, which is not fun. It's basically just inflammation in the chest nuts because of all of the broken ribs and collapsed lungs. And I had um, the chest tubes in so long um, trying to reinflate my lungs because they wouldn't heal that I don't have full usage of either of my lungs, but also um, I have scar tissue that goes down into my lungs. And so like basically every breath hurts and then vertigo and pots. And I had to have a I would say emergency hysterectomy a couple of years ago, but we talked the hospital into like letting me not have it that day because we had a um, trip planned to Hawaii only a few weeks later. And I was like, I can't, no. And so luckily they let us um, postpone that a little while. So, so yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Yeah. I have my ankle either replaced or fused or they're trying to figure out what to do. It's pretty bad. Um, probably this fall. And so that's fun. And then I have to have both of my knees replaced. And so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do you think a lot of it stems from your car accident when you were 17? Yeah. So for, I mean, for sure my ankle. Um, so it was crushed and I had plates and screws in it. And um, my 
podiatrist said, oh, usually they heal up beautifully, but yours did the opposite. It was not, it is not good. It's um, super bad um, osteoarthritis and it's, um, it looks like rats have been chewing on it. There's no cushion left. It's just all bone on bone and the bone is bad a ways up into my calf and down my foot. It's just all soft and smushy and not good. <laughs> so. So how, I guess we've kind of talked about this, but in the moment, how do you pull yourself out of the depression that comes when you're in pain all the time? Um, yeah, that's hard. So I was told when I was after my car accident and they were like, if we put you on pain meds now, you're going to have to keep increasing them and increasing them. And by the time you're 40-ish, you're not going to have anywhere to go. And so they said, keep off of them as long as you can, which is a blessing because it turns out I'm pretty allergic to almost everything. And um, and so I just knew. And, oh, they also told me that the suicide rate for the kind of pain I was going to be in was very high. Like five yeah. years, you're, you know, it's there's very few that continue. And... And so I knew going into it that it was something I was going to have to be really, really careful and cautious about. I knew that I needed to um, try my hardest to have a positive attitude. Obviously, there are days and there are times where I get down, um, especially when something new happens and I'm like, okay, this is going to be not fun. Like we're trying to save up right now for a um, electric wheelchair because <laughs> when I have my ankle surgery, I can't use a normal wheelchair because I just go in circles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that might be fun though, you know, <laughs> unless I have to go to the bathroom and then it's not, <laughs> you'll never get there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, um, and so that gets hard. It for sure does. I'm not going to lie about that, but I just always remember that the savior went through all of that, every single bit of it that I'm feeling he went through and yeah. you know, he's so much greater than I, how can I complain when he didn't? Yeah. So that's a, um, a good thing to remember when you're going through a challenge or yeah. something that seems impossible. Um, he, he knows exactly how you feel. Exactly. It's yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that also I'm, I'm really, um, I'm trying to think of the word, sorry, strokes and stuff, you know, I'm aware of how important the good times are because when those good times come and everybody's happy and you're this and mom's not in as much pain, you know, like I try really hard to focus in and treasure those moments because they don't happen as much as I wish they would. They will, you know, later in the eternities, I'm sure we'll have yeah. a whole lot more, but right now while we have these mortal bodies, those moments are fleeting. And so I just try to really hold on to those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good. Um, so elder Holland gave a talk about angels several years ago. And he said, not all angels are from the other side of the veil. Some of them we walk with and talk with here now every day. God never leaves us alone, never leaves us unaided in the challenges we face. Um, do you have experiences where earthly angels ministered to you during your times of um, hardship with your health? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so many examples um, of angels, both on the other side and on 
this side of the veil, but I would say, honestly, my family are number one. They're pretty incredible. My kids are so compassionate and so um, loving towards me. Um, most of the time, they're pretty helpful. Sometimes they have to be reminded to be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> But, but um, I'm really, really grateful for them. My husband is, you know, I, I don't know what I did to deserve him, um, but he, he's incredible. He's very, very compassionate. And if he thinks I'm having all um, any issues, you know, I'll pick up dinner. I'll, I'll do this. Don't worry about it. You just lay down, you just rest. And he's just always been very, very kind. And um, when more things are coming up and it's more money going out for my health, he never, ever makes me feel like bad about that, which I think is incredible because it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's always been a lot. And he knew that going into it, poor guy. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> but also like, I would say, um, my, my brother, Derek and his wife, Bethy, they are always like super, super helpful. Um, they don't even ask, you know, if we just say, Hey, do you mind grabbing this kid from this? They just, yeah, of course. And they don't even ask like, Oh, are you having a bad day? What's going on? You know, they just, yeah. sure. And then my parents, I, I feel really, really blessed to be able to live close to family because they're just, you know, I mean, we help them too. It's not like they're just always helping us, <laughs> Yeah. but, um, but I think that's incredible. And then you add into that, you know, our ward family and, um, friends. And it's, it's really amazing. Um, that support system and that is set in place for us. Do you have any specific experiences you wouldn't mind sharing? Mm, I actually, yes, I have one from very recent. Um, uh, when I found out how bad my ankle was and realized that the, um, recovery time was going to be a long time. And, <clears throat> it's it's going to be one of those where I can't just shuffle into the kitchen and still try to, you know, make some food or anything. I will be completely down for months and unable to do anything except for lay in bed. <laughs> and yeah. and um because I will have zero weight bearing and um so I was really I was really frustrated and I um a friend called me and she was like, "Hey, how are you doing? I just wanted to check in on you." And I usually don't, um, I'm not super great about sharing what I'm going through, but I did because I just really needed to. And a few hours later, she showed up with this big um, bag of just some little treats and some fuzzy socks and, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> some um, bath soak things and things like that. And it just meant the world to me, you know, that, and she's like, you know, I already actually had all this stuff, but nice. <laughs> today that I needed to bring it like she had already purchased it for me uh -huh. and to, I just was like you know Emily father was guiding her one day when she was in the store that you know what sister Tom's gonna need this one of these days pretty soon um just grab it just grab it today so yeah. I thought that that was really incredible that you know he's looking out for us for those hard days <laughs> before yeah. we even knew before we even know it's gonna happen so yeah uh Thank goodness for angels, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think we would survive without our angels. Um, yeah. This is a personal question, but have you, I knew there was a chance that I would get emotional on here. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever experienced, um, like felt grandma or grandpa or um, any of our aunts and uncles close by? 
I have, I have actually many times. I feel my grandparent, my grandfathers more than anybody else, which I think is really, really and I think some of it is maybe probably grandpa Westover the most. Uh, he, I think it's part of his stubborn hard work ethicness that he just is like, I'm getting down there and I'm helping out my <laughs> much as I can. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I yeah. can just see things like that. Yeah. Um, but there, there have been times, um, especially um, during one particular trial, which was the one where I was not able to be in the sun at all. And I was covered in rashes and boils. And I kind of went over that fast, but it was extremely painful and extremely scary. Because if I went yeah. into this all, like even if I was just by a window and the sun was getting me, I just started blistering up. And and so I was in my um, bathroom one day, just sitting on the floor, just crying because so much of my life is outside. I love to garden. I love to hike. I love to fish. I love, you know, just being outside. Right. And um, I felt grandpa very, very close, like, like he had his arms around me and just telling me it was going to be okay. Just stay strong. It's going to be okay. We're here. And, um, but yeah, I have very, very many times felt those spirits close. So I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Um, I love that, that you have the gift of being able to recognize that, um, understand who's helping you out, <laughs> even when yeah. maybe you don't see them. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Of course. Because, um, <laughs> you know, sorry, <laughs> like you you know that you have angels in heaven that love you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, maybe I'm just too dumb and don't pay attention, <laughs> but I'd like to think that they do. I just don't recognize right. it. And so right. like knowing that you do, well, okay. I know grandpa loves me too. So probably Absolutely. he's, he's been around me a, a time or two and I just have been too dense to notice. <laughs> No, I am sure he's around you all the time, especially when you're out gardening, because that's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's definitely a family trait. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I do, I do think that that's just one of my spiritual gifts. And I'm so, so grateful for that, that, yeah. you know, um, because I honestly don't know where I'd be without that at this point, without having that um, uplifting, especially with some things I'll talk about later that happened later on just having that gift has been a lifesaver. So yeah, quite literally, <laughs> I would yes. imagine. Um, <laughs> exactly. So what, um, you have obviously have faith in Jesus Christ and, and Heavenly Father. Um, how have your trials grown your faith? So, well, <laughs> I think one, if we put our trust in him, he will help us through it all, right? The burden is made lighter by allowing the Savior to take it on with you. But honestly, at this point, I have thousands of things that I've like learned through the different challenges that I've been through and um, the trials that have strengthened my faith. But I will just say above all else um, that I know that he lives and I know he will be there for us now and always and that his love and his promises are sure. And I think that those things are the things that fortify me more than anything else. Yeah, I would agree with that. In the Book of Mormon, Alma teaches that by small and simple things, great things come to pass. Mm -hmm. So what do you do each day to help you going, even though you're always in pain? Like, I mean, like, I, I'm not talking just like, read your scriptures, do this and do this and do this. Like, I'm sure that there are things you do to help you physically. 
like I know that that essential oils are a big part of your life mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So yeah, what do you do to help to help you? I mean, do you take Epsom salt baths? I know that's something that I take. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, lots Epsom salts and baking soda, right? That's like yeah. and apple cider vinegar actually is another good one to add into those. Um, but it's actually very helpful. <laughs> uh, so I will say though, first of all, those seminary answers are, you know, though okay. there for because like that is what keeps me fortified against all of the storms and all of the winds and the waves that come. Right. Yeah. Um, and also I a hundred percent believe that because um I have the spirit with me from doing those things, it leads me to ways of healing that I would never have thought of myself because I have been led. I, in fact, the reason why I healed from the whole um, boils and rashes and everything from the Botox poisoning um, was um, a doctor told me Western medicine has completely failed you. There's literally nothing we can do. You need to go home and ask some of your, you know, essential oil people or go to a naturopath or something because I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. And so I made it a matter of prayer. Just lead me to where I need to go for this. And I was led exactly where I needed to go. But um, I, I, I find that, you know, most important is whole foods, little sugar, you know, trying no sugar at all. <laughs> um, trying to get out in the sunlight every day, trying to exercise, even though it's extremely painful, it's helpful. Yeah. Uh, and finding ways to do that. Um, you know, whether it's swimming or, you know, whatever, whatever way you can get that in. So <laughs> yeah. What are some ways you ex- like, what do you do for exercise? Okay. So, well, I, every morning I do physical therapy for like multiple things <laughs> you and go to a physical therapist no oh my goodness it's so expensive um I know. so I was gonna say every day <laughs> no, oh my goodness yeah I'd, be, I'd have to be a billionaire um <laughs> <laughs> so we I I've learned enough through the years because I did go for a very very long time um yeah. I know what to do at this point so I just do it on my own Um, and then I try to go walking most days, whether it's, you know, 15, 20 minutes is all I can handle. Just getting outside and doing it is huge, you know, and then you come home and you're like, I did it. I accomplished it. Yay. You know, and better day than I do longer. Um, and just take advantage of whatever I can, um, that particular day. I have a glider thingy, my bobber. Um, I can't remember what it's called. They used to have commercials for them all the time. But um, anyway, so I use that sometimes instead of going outside and walking because it has no impact on your joints. And I have bad joints, obviously. (laughs) And then um, I recently got, this is not a commercial for it, but I got a (laughs) scoop thing. I don't know if you've seen them advertised or if it's just because they think that I'm like 90 years old, but (laughs) I got one of those and it like goes in different ways for your legs. And it's helped actually a huge amount with my, um, I, I fall so much because my left side and it's helped build up muscles there that I haven't really used for years because of how I have to drag my leg. And so extremely helpful and it has no, um, impact on joints as well. And it's nice because I can just like do it while I read a book or, cause there's not a 
to while you just read. <laughs> right. To get cardio and things like that. And I love to read. So it's kind of great because I can be like, oh, I'm going to go exercise and read a book. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I do that. So, yeah. Um, I like that. One thing that you mentioned that I think is important, it's a lesson that I've had to learn um, that I used to not be good at, <laughs> but um, you said it depends on the day, like depends right. on how well you feel. And, and that's, it's, it's okay to like, like I used to have this very, you know, demanding exercise regimen. I'd run three days a week and I'd lift weight three days a week. And, you know, at least for an hour for, you know, like each time I exercise and um, I ran myself into the ground. Right. And like, I have fibromyalgia. And so like now, if I were to do something like that, I would be dead like the rest of right. the day. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I learned very early on in my fibro days of uh, spoons. Have you heard the spoons thing? No. Okay. So every person at the beginning of the day, you have so many spoons, right? You have that you can use throughout the day for different things. It's called being a spoonie. <laughs> 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 which I just think is cute. It's just helpful for me to remember. So if I have six spoons because it's a harder day, or if I have 12 spoons because it's a better day, you, I have to relegate those things to things that I have to do. So if I know I'm going to need to go like to a church meeting that night, then I need to save some of that energy, one of those spoons for that later that night. And so I'm going to do less through the day. So maybe I'm not going to vacuum the whole house that day. Maybe I'm actually going to take a break for that today. I'm going to not go weed the garden today because I know I have, you know, this other stuff. So you have like a certain level every day and every day it's different, you know? And so, um, at least for me, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who have it pretty figured out <laughs> to <laughs> every have Disney spoons, but I, I don't have it figured out yet enough. So there, there are days when I have one spoon and that is, I'm going to be able to get up and go to the bathroom and I can probably get myself my own food. <laughs> yeah, Somebody else is going to have to bring it to me. There just are, there are days that are, you know, just really, really hard and yeah. you just take advantage yeah. of those. And instead of being mad about it, I try to, oh, this is like an extra time to like read my book or get to study the scriptures more in depth or whatever, and be excited about that horrible down day or like catch up on a TV show or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Instead of being mad about it, because you can get mad about it or you can just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can get angry about it. In fact, the day I got in my car crash last year, I was driving and being angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wasn't paying attention because I was angry. Um, so yeah, that that I've never I've never heard it the spoon thing be explained. I like that. And and I think it's pretty normal to have dates some days where you have more spoons and some days where you don't have any spoons or few or whatever. And so that's a good way to think about it. And you have to be okay with that. Like it's okay. I like to tell myself, okay, so I I'm doing this for my body. I'm doing that, you know, like I'm pausing, I'm resting. I'm, I told my husband that I need to be done for the day. Right. And just rest right after dinner or whatever, because that's, if I don't, then I'll feel even worse the next day or whatever. So. But you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it for him and for your children. Yeah. So that's important to, because it can feel really selfish. Yeah. But. If you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to be there for your husband and kids, short term or long term. Yep. 
that's a good that's a good thing to point out too so it's important to take care of your body and to <laughs> to, to respect your limitations i don't even yeah. I, maybe we shouldn't call it limitations but respect where you're at when that day and yeah it's okay yeah it is <laughs> i love that um what lesson do you hope that your children learn through the trials that you have faced? Um, I would think number one is that the hard things we go through are not a punishment. You know, like I didn't do anything bad. And so therefore I have to go through all of these hard things. It just is my lot in life. It just is a mortal body. It just is mortal experiences. We go through hard things, period. And um, I think also that they'll have compassion with others they're really great about that honestly they're incredible um but there's always room for more compassion and more kindness and not just with others but with themselves i think that that's in things i'm really really praying that they get from watching me because i'm not perfect at it but i try really hard to you know honor the fact that i'm here and this is the body i've got and i'm trying to do the best that i can with it and so, yeah, I think that those are probably the main things that I'm hoping for. Yeah. And obviously seeing that I have faith in Christ and that he is the reason I'm able to make it through anything. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I love that. Um, and and uh, I don't know. I was going to say fibro brain fog, right? <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, well. Um, it might come to me later. You're good. So, um, Jesus is a great burden lifter. Uh, I wish, I think that needs to be a name that we add to his name list, burden lifter. I really like the sound of that. Um, and, um, so as you're aware, sometimes the miracles, um, the miracle doesn't come from the burden or the trial being taken away, like we talked about, but sometimes it comes in the form of the burden being made lighter, um, What are some experiences that you had where you felt your burden become lighter without the child being taken away? Okay. Well, first I want to touch on another part that you said about um, the miracle not always being, you know, what we want it to be or um, the thing being taken away. And that um, when I was a teenager, their teenagers are always the kindest. And I was definitely told more than once that, oh, if only you had more faith, then this trial would be taken away from you and you would be completely dealt. And I was like, that's not how that works. And luckily I knew that already or else that would have been really, really hard. Um, But I think for me, um, it takes just as much faith to realize that um, to be okay with not being healed and realizing that you can be a light and example in other ways. You know what I mean? Um, So when I stopped praying constantly to be healed in the time and the way that I wanted, and I started praying for help to deal with my pain and to be a light and to be happy no matter what, then that's when I felt the burden lifting more. Um, I was no longer worried about like, okay, how much longer am I going to have to deal with this? I just realized this might be forever. This might be my life for the rest of always. And, um, and just and just make peace with that and let him strengthen me in the way that he wanted to. And, um, sorry, now I can't remember the second part of your question that you asked. Um, the other part. <laughs> so do you have any specific experiences 
where you feel like or felt where you felt your burden become lighter? Okay. So yes. In fact, there have been times when um I remember quite specifically being in huge amounts of pain, um, either emotionally or physically, and praying to for him to help me lift that burden and it literally happening. It doesn't always happen like that, but it literally being taken off my shoulders immediately. It didn't mean that I was in significantly less pain. It just, I could feel the peace and I could feel his comfort and I felt that it was going to be okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not even necessarily that that was taken away. It's that the burden of it was. And it's hard to even explain it. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's um, it's amazing what Christ can do for you, how he can strengthen you and lift you in ways that you you really can't even explain intellectually because that doesn't make any sense. How does it how is that oh, helpful yeah. in tons of pain? But it is. It <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I um so one of my favorite callings of all time is is the ward organist at church. And I haven't had that one for a while, but um, but I remember specific times where um, I would be driving to church and my hands would just really be hurting and I my back was hurting and I just didn't know how I would be able to sit on that bench and play. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and but I, I had to, <laughs> like it, it, was, it was my responsibility. And so um, I wanted to do that. And I, and I um, remember like sitting at the organ bench a couple of times being like, please, can you just help me, help me do my calling without, yeah. you know, I didn't, and I didn't want anyone else to see or could tell that I was in pain. Right. Like, I don't know if you feel like that ever, but I just yeah. didn't want to have that attention drawn to me. Yeah. And, and I, I remember not like driving home that day or the couple of times that it's happened and just like, oh, I, I'm just now starting to hurt again. Like I would get in the car and I would start feeling the pain again, but he right. took it away long enough for me to surf. That's happened. That happens so many times for me at church. And that's how my burden has been lighter. It's the, it's not taken away, but just enough for, for me to do his work. <laughs> right. For your mind to even be distracted enough that you don't notice it. Cause I, I've had the same experience and I, I don't know what it is. Like, do you know what I mean? I can't, when I'm looking back on it, like, was the pain actually completely gone or was my mind just so much on other things that I didn't notice it? Or do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. And you can't, you can't just, you, there's no way to describe it. Right. It's like <laughs> the pain was there beforehand and then it disappeared and then now it's back. So I don't, was it ever gone? I don't, I don't know, but you just. Maybe it was. And, or maybe he you know, lifted it in a different way. It's hard to know, but whatever he does, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I think it's probably safe to say that service is one of the things that helps me the most. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But one thing that is really hard when you're in, when you have chronic pain is trying to do service outside of your own home, because yeah. there's so much that goes into just doing the service inside of your own home that then trying to reach out is sometimes almost impossible. And so like, I try to, when I do get to do that, try to like really, you know, be grateful for it, but also not beat myself up that I don't do it more because the service I'm giving inside of my own home is really, really important. Yeah. I, um, 
definitely struggle with with the guilt that comes from having to handpick what I can do to like yeah. serve other people because I mean you you have to save your you know save your good moments for your family and sometimes that means not making dinner for the person that needs dinner and somebody else yeah. is going to have to do that or um whatever it is it, and that's okay <laughs> it, it is it's hard to come to deal with that but it is okay it's it's a good thing yep um what would you tell someone who is in the midst of a great trial like how would you convince them to persevere and to keep going and to never give up I will say that the first thing I would um, say is that I'm not going to tell them that everything is going to be okay (laughs) or that, you know, this too shall pass, I guess would be a better thing that I'm not going to tell them because I don't know if it's going to pass. It might not. It might be something that they have to deal with for the rest of their lives. But um, what I would say is that um, no matter what it is, you can make it through with Christ by your side. And he won't leave your comfort comfortless or alone. You may have moments where you feel alone, but it's not because he's left you. Um, I would say, um, as far as the never giving up part, this is, um, I've seen it up close and personal, um, for the heartache when somebody does give up. And, um, one of my cousins took his life a couple of years ago and it was so hard and all of us were shattered. And I don't, None of us can completely understand everything he was going through. And sadly, I've had numerous friends who have taken their lives, um, mostly due to pain. And um, so that's hard to watch. But um, I would say there are countless people who love you and need you here. Um, That it's amazing what just your presence here on earth does. Um, Whether you're not able to get up out of bed for weeks at a time, you being here matters. Yeah. It's important. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was hard, but I, um, I, um, yeah, I will say that I, I think that when I'm in my very hardest moments, um, scriptures are what typically come to my mind. And I, my mission president was big on uh, memorizing scriptures. And so of course I had like the seminary ones, uh, memorized from, from seminary and high school, but, um, we memorized more and it's amazing how many times those scriptures are the things that come into my mind when I'm really, really struggling or I'm really, really in a lot of pain. Um, so I highly recommend that we actually memorize scriptures as a family and it's really fun for my kids to, you know, they're sitting in soccer meeting or we're watching general conference and they'll be like, Oh, I know that one. And they'll start reciting it along. And it's so cute. I, just, I love it so much. <laughs> Um, but one in particular that comes to my mind often when I'm struggling is um, Doctrine and Covenants 121, 7 and 8. Yeah. And it's my son, but I, of course, put in my daughter, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine affliction shall be but a small moment. And then if thou endure it well, and of course it goes on, but that's where I stop. Because in my own mind, I just like to stop there and think about the promises that we have. And I don't, I don't want to think about necessarily all of the you know, it being exalted or anything, I'm, for me, it's enough to just think about the healthy body <laughs> yeah. that we've been promised, a resurrected body where I can be able to toss my babies in the air and, you know, be able to do things like running through a field or, you know, yeah. like just small things that are going to be so huge and so amazing. And that's, that's amazing to me. And even just like the thought of being able to kneel at my savior's feet because I can't kneel because my knees are 
bad. And so I just pray sitting down and um, occasionally I'll kneel like on my bed, but it's really painful. <laughs> yeah. And so um, um, just, just thinking about the possibility of being able to do that, to be able to kneel at his feet someday and thank him for everything. Yeah. That's going to be <laughs> awesome. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait either. Um, so I finished off my interviews with two, the same two questions. The first one being, um, what is an experience from the life of Jesus Christ that shows that he was a guardian of perseverance? Right. So that was an interesting one for me to think about because like, what isn't right? <laughs> from yeah. fasting 40 days and 40 nights never giving into any temptations. Like that's incredible. He like all he endured in the garden and on the cross, he really is the ultimate example of perseverance and steadfastness. Yeah. Everything that he did was, you know, <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to what was to come. Right. Yeah. He, he was as with anything, he was the ultimate example of. Perseverance. Yes. <laughs> Um, if you could pick anyone, past or present, who you think is a guardian of perseverance, who would you pick and why? Okay, that one is so hard. My very first thought was actually my mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's just so like good and steady and sure. And my dad. And then of course I start thinking about all my aunts and uncles and my grandparents. And you know, I I'm so excited about the day to meet you know, my heroes from the Bible and the Book of Mormon or from church history or from all different kinds of things. But my heroes tend to be those that are right here that I see close, you know, every single yeah. day. And they're still amazing. I think that that says a lot about people that are up close to you and you still think that they're worth being your hero. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I think that that would be that would be who I would <laughs> my ultimate examples <laughs> I agree they're all pretty awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yep well Christy thank you so much for being willing to do this of course and, thank you for um, asking me that's so sweet of you yeah well you've been an <laughs> example to me for a long time so it's it's nice to be able to tell you that again <laughs> I feel um, the same way about you so. so I love you and love you. thank you for, for doing this. And I hope that you have a good day. Thank you. You too. And that it's a day <laughs> with lots of spoons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. For you too. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you walk away filled with strength and power, or dare I say virtue, as you use your own gifts for good too. Podcasts live by the reviews that are written for them. Please leave a review and let me know what you think. I hope you all have a blessed day.